You start with the pledge. You take an ordinary object and you make it do something extraordinary. I propose a challenge. Why don't you astonish us, if you can, without all the gadgetry? As you wish. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Style Guide Podcast. We are your host. No. Nope. I hate calling it the Style Guide Podcast. Because that's not its name. <laughs> Whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Style Guide with your hosts, Dave Morris and Stephen Orr. How are you doing today, Dave? I'm fantastic today, man. I'm super stoked about today's uh, podcast. You're super stoked about today? Yeah, I'm super stoked. That's that's funny because I had forgotten what we were doing. And then when I remembered, I just kind of had this, uh, I guess we'll do it. <laughs> Uh, I'm a magician, Steve-O. This is a, part of my life is being a magician. So any movie about magic, I get really excited about. And that's, that's fair. That's fair. But I guess, I guess for me, this is an episode that I pitched. And when I pitched it, I'm like, that's a great idea for an episode. And then as, as we were prepping for it, I realized this is a terrible idea for, for combining two things. <laughs> what? No, it's fine. I mean, I think oh, the only thing that would have made it better is if it was The Prestige versus The Illusionist versus Now You See Me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that'll, that'll be a follow-up episode. <laughs> About bank-robbing magicians. Come on, bank-robbing magicians. Brilliant. So that's right. Today we're doing The Prestige versus or in conjunction with The Illusionist. One, a Christopher Nolan film, and the other, some director who we don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah, the illusionist guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the guy who did the illusionist, starring, starring uh, Norton and Giamatti and Beale. Yeah, Jessica Beale. How cool is that? We, yeah, it was. One, there's a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. So the Prestige versus the Illusionist, which I think means that at the end of this podcast, one of them's going to win, the, right? It's, like it's the Prestige. That's that's the one that wins. Well, hey, hey, hey. You don't know that. You don't know that. Things could take a turn. Things could, maybe the illusionist uh, comes back in the second round or something. Who knows? I, I will be shocked, but let's see what happens. I think everyone will be shocked if the illusionist wins. <laughs> so both these movies came out around the same time, which was when? When was that? I it was think like 2006 they both came out. Sometime in the early aughts. Well, that's more like the mid-aughts, Dave. Yeah, whatever. Um <laughs> Uh, and I remember when they were coming out and that I was actually more excited for The Illusionist than The Prestige. Yeah. Because Christopher Nolan hadn't really made a name for himself yet. So The Prestige being a Christopher Nolan film wasn't like a huge like, ooh, that's going to be good. And Edward Norton was pretty hot yeah. in 2006. He was still like riding the Fight Club fan, uh, wave, you know. Yeah. So I was like, oh, The Illusionist is going to be amazing. And when I was in the video store and they were both on sale for like $9.99 DVDs, I bought The Illusionist. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And? And? Shouldn't have. No, you, you shouldn't have. I, I remember, I, I think I was more optimistic about The Prestige at the time because I had enjoyed both Memento and Batman Begins. And we're not going to get into a fight about Batman right now. But... I, I had high hopes based on that and based on, you know, Michael Caine, Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, uh, David Bowie 
was was gonna gonna That's play right, Tesla. Yeah, like it, it seemed like it was just a, a great cast for a film. And the the Illusionist also had had a good cast. But I was just excited to see what Nolan was was doing, and so I I had higher hopes. But the way that both of the films were pitched, they seemed like they were very similar films. Mm-hmm. They were movies about magicians in like olden days. Yeah, and and so I I mean, and studios do this all the time, where one is releasing a film and another will, will release something similar, and so we end up with you know both Ants and A Bug's Life coming out within a couple months of each other, or Frozen and The Ice Princess. Yeah, yeah. Straight to Netflix, <laughs> and and so I uh, I had always placed these two movies in my mind as very similar, even uh, having seen The Prestige and not having seen The Illusionist uh, uh, up until recently, I had always th- thought that The Illusionist was just uh, another take on The Prestige. So wait, when you pitched this to me, you had not seen The Illusionist. No. All right, that makes a lot more sense than why you were like Prestige versus the Illusionist. Um, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna defend a little your choice here. Okay, <laughs> that you made in complete ignorance. In that they are, I think, a little more similar than than you're making them out to be. You're making it out to be like one is about real wizardry and witchcraft, and the other one is about fake magic or something like that. Um, which is not true in either case. Both are about illusions and and the the act of magic and and pretending things are real none of them actually have real magic in it no the prestige has some science fiction in it but i wouldn't call it magic right if you know what i'm saying well and i think the arthur c clark quote uh, any sufficiently advanced technology is uh, indistinguishable from magic I think that that uh, fits into both films, right? Because some of the magic that we see from The Illusionist is science-based. Like the, sure. Yeah. And ostensibly similarly the case in The Prestige. Like they're both using a version of science, although Christopher Nolan's is science fiction for sure, but uh, it feels like it's scientific, partially because of the way that they play Tesla and the way that they they tie it to the foundation of electricity and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. There There is more in common with these two films than than I am presenting. But I was I was pretty surprised to see to, to sit down and watch The Illusionist and go, this is not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like a, a love story, and like, but they both they both have big twists in them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is is a necessary component of a magic movie, uh, which is I think where we need to start is like movies about magicians, like what what makes them work, what makes them not work, what makes them good, what makes them not good, what makes them compelling, what makes them not compelling. And I think you're right that the the twist is such an important component of it. I think the 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 magic. The, the the movies about magicians shares something in common with the the heist movie kind of genre where it's it's about setting up one thing and then and then unexpectedly uh, revealing it to be something else. So in in this like Ocean's Eleven is very similar in in that sort of sense where it tells us a particular narrative and then towards the end we realize that oh it's a different sort of story than we th- thought or or it it came out differently. Yeah, well, and and heist movies always have that 
it looks like everything's going wrong, but that's actually part of the plan. Yeah. Kind of thing. And magic movies have a, oh, you think it's about this, but oh my goodness, it's about this. Mind blown. Yeah. Right. Jessica Biel is alive the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that that was a real mind blower in, in this film. I was, <laughs> I was shocked when Jessica Biel died halfway through and then came back later. Were you really? Were you really? No. no. You saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most telegraphed ending to a movie I have seen yeah. in a long time. Because you were watching it and you were like, you were like, oh yeah, okay, no, this is a magic movie. She's clearly not dead. <laughs> she has to come back. Yeah, it it was not a Kaiser Soze moment for me. Yeah, and you think he's invented a teleporting machine, but actually he's invented a machine that clones himself. <laughs> But creates a clone like a uh, hundred meters away or whatever, so that he can get up on the balcony. That's that's the cool part about the the prestige is that it it throughout the film tells you that it's lying to you and that it's going to trick you and that you should watch closely. And every time that it does that, it's actually obscuring the 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 real trick because. It's not giving you an opportunity, really, as a viewer, to get to what the what the real answer is. Mm-hmm. Like, not through your first viewing. And that's what I love about The Prestige. Is it's a movie that becomes more unpacked the more you watch it. Yeah. As opposed to The Illusionist, which there's nothing really beyond the first viewing to see you don't you don't get a better understanding you don't understand the trick that is presented better uh the second or third or fourth time god forbid you watch that movie three or four times (laughs) well i mean like yeah okay you don't get a better understanding fair enough uh it is more like an m night Shyamalan movie where the first time you watch it it's it's like decent and then the next time you watch it it's been spoiled already well, except for Unbreakable and The Sixth Sense. Both of those films work better on multiple viewings. I'll give you The Sixth Sense. I didn't find Unbreakable that good, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> so magic movies need to have some sort of twist. In it. Yeah. They, they have to have that uh, because otherwise it doesn't have that feeling of magic. Yeah. The other thing I think, I think they need to have is uh, references, hat tips uh, to actual magical history yeah but always screwing it up that seems to be what happens okay (laughs) like the in the illusionist the orange tree trick right is a famous trick from hundreds of years ago you know like it was uh where, where the orange bloomed and out of it came the woman's ring like that's an actual trick that actually existed. Uh, and I, I believe it was uh, Robert Houdin, but I can't be 100% on that. See, I'm screwing up man. magical history, too, because I'm not that good at it. But uh, so that's 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 it, what the illusionist decided to grab onto was the orange tree trick. And then the, the prestige grabs onto a couple in like weird ways, like the name of the guy who holds the fishbowl between his legs. Uh, the um... the magician they reference in that movie. What was it? What was it? <sighs> I can't remember the name they used, but the name they used is a guy who died doing the bullet catch. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah, which the bullet catch is the is one of the movie one of the magic tricks they they homage a lot in of that course. film, right? Um, and make a big deal out of this bullet catch and how it's so dangerous and all this sort of thing. But and the magician they reference who died <laughs> through the bullet catch. Oh, here it is. Uh, Chung Ling Su, that's his name. Maybe actually, did they call the guy with the fishbowl Chung Ling Su? Um, yeah, I think they did. Oh man, we should uh, 
We should make sure we confirm that because otherwise people are going to send us angry emails. Yeah, a lot, a lot of our listeners are really into their their both Christopher Nolan and magic history. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I, I'm I'm almost positive he's. That's the the character. Whichever. Uh, so that's that was his name, and the guy who actually died doing the bullet trick was an American magician who dressed up like a, a Chinese magician <laughs> um, because things were really racist back in the day. Anyway, so they reference the guy who died doing the bullet catch. The bullet catch is a big part of it. They, of course, do the water uh, torture escape trick in the prestige, the birdcage thing. And the other thing they reference in that, and again, totally screw up with names, is the professor is what they call his character, right? Right. What's his name? Uh, um, what's his name? The actor who plays the professor? My- Michael Caine? No, the one who plays the professor. Oh, uh, Tesla. No, the one who plays the magician named the professor. <laughs> Not Hugh Jackman. The oh, other Christian guy. Bale. <laughs> Christian Bale. <laughs> they call his character the professor, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, and the professor is like one of the most famous magicians in like history uh, who invented so much of the tricks we do, including like the, 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 the routine that is most commonly used for the cup and ball trick and all the card slides that we do is the professor uh, in magic. And they just sort of took that title and gave it to, to Christian Bale's character. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Which I thought was kind of uh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The actual professor is Di Vernon or, or David Vernon, but he goes by Di, hmm. um, who invented most of the tricks magicians do today. Anyway, so they ha- they always reference these real magical illusions uh, and then totally kind of screw them up Braveheart style. Well, and I mean, p- part of that is is the way it is with with any sort of homage when it's when it's something like that. Like Christopher Nolan is a filmmaker first and foremost and lives in the world of film. Yeah. And so Christopher Nolan doesn't often screw up his references to film. He like <laughs> why, why would he? Mm-hmm. That's what he knows, but he doesn't know the 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 world of magic in the same way. And so, as a as a storyteller, he's more interested in like the wink as opposed to the the depth of a wink or something like that. Yeah, because it it's it 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 looks as though someone just looked up magic. Yeah, like history of magic, and then grabbed like bullet catch this name that name put them all together uh, the transported man like whatever uh, uh, twins doing magic tricks together like those kind of things, and like was like oh this would make a great story and then made it a, made that story. <laughs> well, and to be fair, Christopher Nolan does that a lot. Like uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that his his Batman universe is a particularly thoughtful take on the Batman character that's really rooted in what would be the the actual quote-unquote history of Batman. Just like Interstellar is not the best sort of take on science fiction and, yeah. and, and that. Like, he is interested in, in grabbing the ideas that allow him to be a better storyteller mm-hmm. um, and, te- and, and make a better film, which is not to say he doesn't necessarily know these other things, but he's, he's more interested in, in what makes what makes his film work than telling something that is true. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the illusionist does that as well because they do sort of the, uh, uh, I think you'd call it the, I'd call it the pepper's ghost illusion where they have like spirits on stage Mm -hmm. and that used to be done with like, there'd be a big piece of glass in front of the audience and you'd shine a light on someone off stage and it would look like there were ghosts on stage. And that was a fairly popular way of doing magic back in the day. 
uh, a guy named uh, I think his I think his name is Dr Pepper, but that sounds like a joke, so I'm not going to claim that. <laughs> um, uh, came up with it, and it was actually the the performers that were the ghosts were below the audience, and the light was shining on them, and it would reflect off of this piece of glass in front of the stage, and it would look like they were floating, which is how they do all those like ghosts and stuff at Disneyland and things like that. Um, so again, they kind of borrowed the idea uh, of these ghosts on stage from that for the illusionists, but then but then did it wrong, of course. John Henry Pepper, also known as Professor Pepper. He's the one that made Pepper's Ghost? Uh, he's one of them. There are a couple. Uh, and Cool. Professor Pepper. That's much better than... That sounds less funny than Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and and I think that both of these films remind us, and I mean, they, they have to, but both of these films remind us that filmmaking is a type of lie. And and both of both of these films kind of relish the, that aspect of it, where the we're lying to you and letting that tell tell a different kind of story you know if we're if you know that we're lying to you and we're upfront about that it actually allows us to get by with other things that you wouldn't necessarily expect right and so the the magic of the illusionist is is really more of a backdrop for the for the romance story, right? And the magic of the prestige is really more of a backdrop for this story about competition, like yeah, revenge or, or whatever. Yeah, even though both of them are masquerading as stories about illusionists, really, and and con men. And so yeah. I I think that that's a fascinating kind of meta story that we get out of the magic films. Yeah, and that's this brings me to the the third thing that magic movies do that and this is the one that actually bothers me. I don't mind when they homage things and screw it up and make Rapman Braveheart uh history. But the third one is they mix real magic tricks with uh film magic tricks. So they mix things that are possible and doable with things that 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 you need a camera to do. Yeah. And it's a it's an old adage for magicians from like back in the forties and stuff when whenever you do magic on TV is you have to have it in one take and no cuts and all this sort of stuff and there has to be a live audience and all these little rules they made up so that it still feels magical. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, David Copperfield may have broken a couple times and you know um <laughs> so does that Yeah, so does uh, Chris Angel and stuff like that. But but uh, and those are why those magic on TV it's like ugh, it's just T V magic. Where they do things like they do wonderful, like little, like making a ball vanish and sleight of hand stuff, right? Which is really actually possible. And then they mix it with like the being able to just break out of handcuffs and handcuff the guard or whatever <laughs> happens in the prestige when he's in jail. Or in the illusionist where he just starts summoning spirits all around the room and they just fly around like, like real magic. Um, or in Now You See Me, if you. If yeah, you Now that. You See Me is really. They do some great real magic, and then they also do moments where they, like, throw a silk in the air, and all of a sudden, like, it just flies around and appears out of nowhere, this magical teleporting machine. Um, and it just goes, they just push it that extra little bit too far. Yeah. Where maybe it only bothers me as a magician. I don't know. Does it bother you as a, as a layman? Um, I don't. I, I'm very rarely bothered by it. In, in Now You See Me, I was, for sure. And... In the illusionist, to an extent, I was because it seemed like it was more grounded, and then at points it wasn't. I mm -hmm. I confess in the prestige, I did, I wasn't either way particularly bothered by by the magic, and I think 
part of that is the prestige gets away with with more by really strongly grounding one story in in a science in the war of the currents between Tesla and Edison and and so you you almost forget that the magic isn't real and so when they're when they're doing things that aren't right or or that wouldn't be possible you're 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 almost immune to it i find when i'm watching it Yes, I mean, I I find the whole Tesla thing and the making the teleporting machine, that's not one of those things. That's not like yeah, they showed me a magic trick that's impossible. That was where they literally, like, did science fiction and, and came up with something impossible. Yeah, no, my, but my point is that, like, when you do those sorts of things, it, it, uh, it kind of forces me to forgive other things because... Mm-hmm. Because that's just the mindset that my brain is in when I'm watching it, and so see, and I I, I go the exact opposite, mm. where it's like I will believe this incredible thing, this unbelievable magic of teleporting and creating a clone of yourself. But how did he get the card under his beer cup without him seeing? That's that's bullshit. <laughs> you know, unless he got up and went to the bathroom or something, and they just didn't show that scene. <laughs> But like you sit and you drink a beer, and then by the time you get to the bottom, all of a sudden there's a card on the bottom. How did he do that? How did he do that? Fair enough. Fair enough. And I, I did he I pay can... off the bartender or something? Like what happened? I can see, I can see you being frustrated as a magician about that, and I, as you know, one of the normies, am not. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Okay, so maybe it is just my magicianness that makes me bothered by magic tricks that can't actually be done mixed in with those that can be done well and i think part of that has to do with the fact that uh, i as a lay person don't necessarily know the difference <laughs> right mm. i a lot of the tricks in the in the movie even when they like when they explain them they they seem more real but there's still a, a part of it that's magic like it's just like yeah that's a magic trick and i don't know how it's done <laughs> mm-hmm. and so when they do something that can't be done how is that any different than just me not knowing right yeah, I guess. I, hmm. Like they do, they do a, a nice job with the transported man trick. Mm-hmm. You know where they get a double. Yeah, that's how you would do that trick. You know, and they do it, and they they let you see some of those tricks uh, and how they're done, and the birdcage trick. You know, you just kill the bird, mm-hmm. and then and then pull out a new bird. Like that is that's awesome. Uh, but then yeah, just it's the little moments that I'm like that couldn't have happened. And, and that's fair. And I and and that happens with any particular particular genre film. I think, where the the more knowledgeable about science fiction you are, the harder that it is to believe gravity or Interstellar. Sure. Yeah. Interstellar has a lot of those similar problems where it's all possible, but incredibly improbable. I think is how it ends up being. <laughs> like it was like this is what I want to do figure out a way that the science could possibly make this work <laughs> as opposed to gravity where you're just like there are parts of this that are dumb and N- neil degrasse tyson is is infamous for his you know hatred of that movie on the basis of it's just scientific inaccuracies yeah but neil degrasse tyson hated uh the ending of titanic why did because, he because because when they were looking up at the sky above them it was the wrong sky Based on the time of year and where the Titanic sank <laughs> and that stuff, which is like fact, like we can look it up <laughs> and looking up, it's a different sky. And I'm pretty sure eventually after like 10 years, when one of the special features came out, special edition, they changed the sky. He is my Neil favorite stoner scientist. Like, <laughs> He's I, not a stoner scientist. 
don't, I don't think he does drugs in, in any way at all. I, I think I think the show notes will fact check this for us, and, <laughs> okay, and we Damn. will find out. Okay, sorry, we've kind of gone off the water rails here. So, magic movie, uh, the prestige. So, so though, three things that make a magic movie magical. What were they? The twist, twist, the winks References. and nods to yeah. real magic, and third, doing magic that is impossible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are three things that definitely factor into all magic movies. Anything else I'm missing there? No. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's something we're missing. Mm, but but like that that more or less seems like the genre to me. You know, it it, it allows like a broad to... kind of storytelling. And and I guess the other thing would be it had to have magicians there. Yeah. So if we take now you see me. Mm-hmm. There is a twist. There is. There is. Uh, Winks and nods and references to actual real magic. 100%. And there is a, uh, a a bunch of magic that is totally impossible. Yep. And there's magicians in it. And there's magicians in it. Perfect. Okay, so that's what makes a magic movie a magic movie. Yeah. So Prestige versus The Illusionist. As far as, um, <laughs> as, far as magic movies go, on those grounds, I, I will say The Prestige certainly wins on the first count on the Which twist. Which is the twist. The twist in The Prestige better than the twist in The Illusionist? Yes. Vastly superior. Yeah. I think so, too. I think they... they uh, The twist in The Illusion... Or in The Prestige, I did not see coming. No. And I saw it going a completely different way, I think, the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it turns out that he'd been killing himself every single day. Like, holy shish kebab. Yeah. Even when he does die there and it's like you're thinking, oh, he totally planned all this and sac- waited for him to go backstage and sacrificed himself, la, 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 la. That was like, oh, that must be the twist. And then, nope, there's a warehouse full of yeah. <laughs> his body, which is amazing. And and what I love about that film is that the it's not the opening scene, but it's pretty close to the opening scene when we're seeing the canary trick. That's yeah. that's that tells you the movie. Like Yeah, cuz the bird dies. Yeah. And they bring out a second bird. Yeah. Which is what he does to himself. He kills himself and brings out a second bird. Yeah. And he also doesn't want to do that trick cuz he doesn't want to have to kill the bird. Yeah. And so they come up with a way to do it where he doesn't kill the bird. Yeah. And then he ends up having to get his hands dirty. Yeah brilliant it's it it is so layered and fascinating the opening couple of scenes to that movie that tell you the whole story only if you already know the whole story and 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 that's what i love love about the the prestige is it it is so carefully told that that the trick every time you see it feels new and feels revealed in different ways and and heightens your understanding of the movie the more you watch it, as opposed to lessens it. Yeah, and it's it's by far my favorite Christopher Nolan film. Oh yeah, and and holds up and holds together so well. But like right from the Prestige, right, it starts with the pledge, mm-hmm. and then you have the turn, and then you have the Prestige because it's not enough to make something disappear; you have to bring it back. Yeah, and so that's what he's the Prestige is bringing it back. And at the end of the movie, he doesn't do the prestige, and that's what gets the guy thrown in jail. Yeah. Yep. So that's on, on that ground, because when you compare the trick in The Illusionist, it's it's telegraphed, you know it's going to happen, and you don't care. Oh, wait, because there's also that other twist in The Prestige, too. 
that happens at the end. There's like three twists in a row. There are. Which is there's the the um, he's not really dead tr- twist. Mm-hmm. The he's been killing himself every night twist. And then oh my god, they're twins twist. The, yeah. <laughs> because there again is that prestige of he thinks he's killed him and gotten rid of him, but then he comes back. Yeah. And that's the the prestige. You've got to bring it back. You've got to bring it back. You start with the pledge. You take an ordinary object and you make it do something extraordinary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you could say that the the reason the prestige works is is that it's not one trick, but it's multiple. So even if you were to figure out one of the one of the tricks ahead of time, you 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 can't possibly really figure out all of them beforehand. It's not like Fight Club where even as good as that movie was, there are some people who would earlier in the film kind of go, oh, I kind of see what's going on here. Yeah. And then the the reveal of the movie is spoiled. Not spoiled, but like they, they, they figured it out ahead of time. You can't do that with the prestige just because there are multiple there are multiple tricks. Yeah, multiple twists that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and so in in some sense they're they're kind of cheating to get away with it, but I don't it doesn't feel like a cheat. And yeah, like the in the illusionist, the twists in that movie is like, oh, he's she's not really dead. Yeah. Which I think I saw coming the first time I watched it. Um, I think I saw it coming when they said she was dead the first time. <laughs> yeah, and then he dies too, right? Yeah. But turns out to not be dead. Yeah, or he, um, he so, turns out to be an illusion. Yeah, they try to grab him as yeah. a ghost or yeah. something. And, um, so he's dead. Yeah. Or, or disappeared. Yeah. And she's dead, but turns out neither of them are dead or disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just doing this weird show, which is also like, um, I guess like that's kind of an homage to other magic stuff of like, you know, the, the seances and, and, uh, and that kind of magic that was about touching, t- communing with dead people and stuff like that. Which is a thing that magicians famously go around and, and disprove, you know. And so they do a bit of an homage to that in that movie with him summoning all these dead people. But one of the things about that movie was like, how would that show be so popular? <laughs> a dude sadly sits on a chair and makes ghosts appear. <laughs> and they just walk around the room and everyone just watches it happen. It's like, how is that going to be that popular? But, you know, maybe uh, maybe it was just uh, maybe it was a trend. Hey man, have you ever been to a movie theater? Yeah. That's the exact the same thing. Mm, okay. You, you just go and you watch a sad director put on like Woody <laughs> Allen. You watch a Woody Allen film, and you're like a sad director just making sad puppets do things for him. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> the twist the, yeah, but the twist in the illusion is not nearly as as good. I, I mean, I, I do admit that I kind of like the philosopher-magician conceit that we get out of The Illusionist. But the thing is, that's there in both of them. They're just more on the nose with it in The Illusionist. I would say most certainly the case, we get the same sort of philosophical questions and explorations in The Prestige. It just isn't directly stated throughout the film in the same way. And so that, I think, is is kind of the key to the difference between the tricks. With The Illusionist, it's... It's always about, I am going to be doing a trick for you, and you're going to, like, w- watch for the trick. And the, and the prestige is, watch for the trick, and I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, um, that's one thing I think The Illusionist does, you know, I, I liked better about the story of it, mm-hmm. was the meeting the 
the magician as a young kid. Mm. And then he goes off traveling yeah. and comes back as a, with all this knowledge about magic. Whereas in The Prestige, it's kind of like they just, it, it turns out they were already good at magic. Like there's no like them becoming great magicians story. Right. It shows them being bad or like being unappreciated. Yeah. But then all of a sudden Hugh Jackman, like, because the only person that'll hire Michael Caine is Hugh Jackman. He all of a sudden sells out, starts selling out theaters. Mm-hmm. And the the professor, uh, as soon as he gets this attractive woman on his side, he now all of a sudden starts selling out theaters. Like, it's just a weird, like, just they needed the plot. They needed them to become both famous magicians, so they just did. Yeah. Um, whereas in and, and doesn't show how they learned the craft or, or honed their skills, which again isn't what that story's about. So I guess they just skipped over it. Whereas the illusionist just has that kind of thing at the beginning of him going off and coming back, which is a, a, a nice beat in a magic movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right in that. And the the the, the problem is that it doesn't it doesn't end up being particularly compelling beyond that. And I think like one of the early lines of the film is like one day we'll run away together, we'll disappear. And yeah. and the prestige has similarly on the nose lines, but they don't feel as on the nose. Oh yeah, the prestige is much better written. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and again, like if the prestige did do that beat of him like going off and or having showing them both go off and learning magic and becoming better magicians, uh we'd know that he was a twin. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. They they did have to obs- deliberately obscure things from us in order to get there, yeah. um, and on both sides of the story, and and that's part of the con of a magic movie, like that we're going to hide things from you, and then later on show you those same things from a different perspective that would have revealed it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, as far as the twist goes, prestige definitely one point prestige. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is. Close, close after one round. <laughs> okay, so next, this is this is more your ballpark. The uh, I don't know why we're we're marking the movie based on these three categories. <laughs> I don't know either. It's well, you. Hey, you're the one that said prestige versus illusionist. Someone has to win. Uh, well, it's gonna be the pre- anyway. Uh, so let's, nods to existing magic. Nods to existing magic. This is. I'm just gonna trust you. Which one's better? The prestige definitely cool. better. Cool. Well, as in like which one. So I guess, what do you mean by better? Which one screws up the most or which one references the most <laughs> or which one does it all right? <laughs> Since the points are entirely arbitrary here, uh, whichever you choose. Because I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I think the outcome is and then you decide who gets the point. Okay. So the illusionist messes up fewer of them. Okay. Like it doesn't screw them up. Like the orange trick, it doesn't explain that it wasn't what we thought it was, you know, in the past. And same with like the Pepper's ghosty kind of illusions and the seancey stuff. Like it shows the the people of that time were were obsessed with ghosts and spirits and things like that, and and that magicians used those on stage. But it wasn't just like saying this. They didn't call him a particular magician that really did it, and then had a different story. Like they didn't screw anything up, but they only really referenced like a few of them, you know. Okay. Whereas the Prestige makes a lot of references to a lot of them. And kind of ties them together in different ways and, and changes the, the 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 power of them and stuff like that. and Or not the power, the truth of them and stuff like that to tell a better story with them. So that would that would be my, my uh, summation of it. So who gets the point? Well, based on the way that you said that, 
I am I'm going to interpret that as the illusionist seems to love magic more than the prestige or the history of it like ha- appreciate mm. it stronger honored it maybe yeah <laughs> but but not a lot yeah but it, but more and whereas the like the prestige what it does is it's always using magic to tell a film story whereas there does seem to be something true or about the history of magic in the illusionist yeah so, and the one that actually does it the best is hugo <laughs> the movie about the kid in the train station featuring robert houdin okay. who was one of the great magicians that got into filmmaking Okay. Uh, and they talk about him in that movie. And Robert Houdin is where Harry Houdini took his name from. Ah. Houdin. Houdini. So, like, that's that. They, they do it the best, Hugo. So, we're saying the prestige has the first point and Hugo has the second point. Got it. Perfect. There we go. So, it's one, one, zero. It's pretty close. Yeah. The illusionist uh, has zero, but Hugo and prestige are tied. Great. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. So, before we move on to the last category of, of magic that is... Uh, There's actually two more. Yeah, uh, I want to I want to insert a little category, a half point category, if you will. Okay. For for let's say the film as a film, <laughs> like as something oh. worth watching. I think that should be a point. <laughs> okay. Well, I think everyone knows who gets that point. I, but I want that's why I think it's important that we insert like it's just a half a point. It's not as important, but I think it matters. <laughs> Sure. Uh, the Prestige gets it. Okay, prestige cool. It. <laughs> okay, so The Prestige is currently winning at 1.5 to Hugo's 1 to The Illusionist 0. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, here, here I mean, I'll, I'll tell you why I think yeah. The Prestige wins in filmmaking. Mm-hmm. is because it's just better filmmaking like, <laughs> and storytelling. And the fact that it opens with that lovely monologue from Michael Caine doing the trick for the young girl, which is also the end of the film. Yeah. You know, where he's showing the trick to the young girl before he takes her to see uh, Hugh Jackman. But he's doing that monologue in the courtroom. That's what's fascinating to me. Yeah, so there's like these different layers of, of narrative kind of all crossing paths there. And also, if I think about the the shots from each of these films, like cinematic, like looking beautiful images, mm-hmm. I remember many more from The Prestige. Whereas I'm pretty sure The Illusionist was just a bunch of medium and long shots. Whereas The Prestige has some lovely, like the the, the lovely him dying, and it sort of like pans out and shows how how many of those uh, water torture chambers there are in the room. Yeah. After he says like I've suffered and like I've sacrificed, and then they show it, and you're like, oh my gosh, he's died every night. I get it, sacrifice. Um. So there's a lot of like good good looking cinematography in it. Yeah. And there's wonderful storytelling. Yeah, and I think that the prestige uses uses the medium of film to tell a better story, whereas the illusionist, like it, any time that you recognize that it's a film, you're you're pulled away from it. Like it was just like bad green screen at points, and yeah, and like there's a st- there's a style or or a particular kind of lens that they're using to make it seem kind of old and and antiquated but it just seems like you you're you're remembering that it's a film and just kind of poorly constructed throughout and so it just it doesn't it i don't think it 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 takes advantage of the medium of film in the same way that the prestige does mm-hmm. which in some ways is is too bad because i think paul giamatti is a delight in this film he is yeah he's great 
he he is such a, a fun character who loves magic in a way that none of the characters in the the prestige do like the the characters in the prestige love magic as magicians whereas Paul Giamatti loves it as as an audience member as somebody who who knows that there's a trick and and wants to know what the trick is but at the same time doesn't quite want to know and and that character i think is such an important character for for a magic movie because it's how the audience gets in like we are that character yeah and they do a, a wonderful job of that in the illusionist yeah. that's maybe the best part of the story they chose was was seeing it through the eyes of an outsider yeah and making the magician not the main character, right? Whereas the the prestige is like the two magicians are the main characters. 100%. And Michael Caine is a, a beeline. Yeah. Whereas in The Illusionist, uh, I think Giamatti's character is the main character. Yeah. And The Lovers is kind of the the beeline story that we're following. Yeah, and, and I think that that's, that's the best part of the, the film. I think you're right to point that out. Unfortunately, it's not enough to make it into a strong film overall, despite how no. pretty Edward Norton and Jessica Biel may be. Very beautiful people. They're very beautiful people, but there's... Yeah. So, Prestige gets the half point for good movie. <laughs> for good movie. Great, great. <laughs> so, what are we at now? Prestige is at one and a half. Yeah. Hugo's at one, yeah. and The Illusionist is at zero. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So this brings us to the magic that isn't actually magic. Yeah. Is that is that where we're at now? Yeah. That's where we're at. <laughs> where they take magic too far that it's unbelievable. So are we looking for which one does this better or <laughs> which one does this in a way that is not as annoying? In a way that's not as annoying. Cause, in cause a way that's not as annoying. Now You See Me loses in this category. Like it's Definitely just... minus one for Now You See Me in this category. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hugo neutral okay <laughs> i like that it got dragged into this yeah um and the illusionist versus the prestige i mean i'm gonna put this to you because you are less likely to be annoyed by the little tiny things that might annoy me as a magician realizing where how did like if i if i know how to actually do the trick and seeing them do it wrong that annoys me a little bit more mm -hmm. but uh, to you which one do you think uh upholds better which one holds up better well, I mean, my, my straightforward answer is that The Illusionist, it, it doesn't hold up. As it annoys you more. Yeah, and and that just has to do with the nonsense magic. Like, my brain was just like, I don't, I don't get it. Where are these ghosts coming from? Yeah. You, you, you bring me up to a point, and you, you, you let me believe that this is magic but not real magic like it's there there's a there is something rational behind it and then you give me just ghosts everywhere and it's just like i don't i'm out of the story and it's mm -hmm. at, at one point in my notes uh right around right around there i wrote this is dumb <laughs> nice because <laughs> because it seemed dumb and so yeah. so for me that that's what happened with the illusionist where's the prestige i never felt that yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I don't think the prestige has any big glaring like, oh, that's impossible. Yeah. Kind of moments, you know, except for the science fiction stuff. But yeah. like, like the illusionist does it all the time, like in big ways where they like have him put the cane on the floor or the sword or whatever, mm -hmm. a borrowed sword on a, a borrowed floor and does like the sword in the stone kind of trick with it mm -hmm. where he can't pull it out and move it. Right. Like, is he just using real magic there? Like, is that how he's doing that trick? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm like, how, like, in like a, a impromptu as well? Like, 
<laughs> unless he had it planned the whole time. Uh, which is the thing about magic that you learn as a magician is that no trick is impromptu. Yeah. It's as impromptu as it looks. It's There's a lot of planning and prep in that. Uh, and then, but then, yeah, the big one with the spirits is just that's the huge, like, how did they do that? <laughs> well, and, and that point about the planning is, is I think, kind of the key. Where, where in The Illusionist, it feels like he's got a revenge that he wants to achieve. And he he has planned it, but it kind of feels haphazardly planned. And you don't kind of, like, little things. You're like, I don't understand how he could have planned that. Yeah. Whereas The Prestige always feels like it, like it's relatively grounded. Yeah. It It is, it is so honestly planned that you you believe everything that 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 goes along through the story and and the little bits of magic you're never you never really disbelieve i guess yeah and they do a uh, the prestige has a better job of showing you the magic behind the scenes of it yeah like the trap doors and the the audience plants that tie bad knots like on yeah. or like purposely tie slip knots like or the bullet catch or the bullet catch where you take the bullet out and then the, he drops the real bullet in. Like those kind of things is like that's that's where they they show you that, hey, this is how this trick is done. Yeah. Right. Um, which kind of gives you this feeling of like that it all feels like real magic mm-hmm. as opposed to the illusionist, which I don't think shows you how any of the tricks are done. No. No. Ever. Which well, makes it which gives them the uh, well, I guess they kind of show you the orange. Yeah. Trick. yeah, yeah. But it gives you this illusion like this, this illusion mm-hmm. <laughs> of. Of the fact that he maybe he's a real magician. Yeah. Maybe he's doing real magic, which I think is the biggest difference between the two, is that the illusionist is leaning towards, is it real magic? And people in the town start believing it's real magic. Whereas the prestige is built around, how's he doing this one trick? We can't figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's not a double. I've watched it a hundred times. There's no way he's using a double. How's he doing this one trick? And then he's using a double. And, and what I love about the prestige is that our heroes are imperfect in that film. Like, they they screw up and and in fact the the whole plot revolves around them screwing up uh and 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 making mistakes and 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 yes our hero wins in the end of the prestige but at a huge 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 cost yeah Um, much like the the bullet trick right like when the bullet trick goes wrong he he he's still able to to salvage that at a cost to his hand and and they both they both lose at the end of that movie yeah (laughs) hugh jackman dies the other guy loses his twin brother like it's pretty it's pretty tragic yeah as opposed to the illusion of happy ending and and that's the thing the the romance of of the illusionist is the story and it's dumb well, I mean, wh- whether whether you believe it's dumb or not, like that's what the story is about. It's about these these t- two lovers who are not together. The prestige is not about two lovers. It's really at its core uh, an exploration of these characters who are flawed. Yeah, I, 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 I still think of it more as a revenge story. Yeah, like Hugh Jackman's still trying to get even with him for killing his wife because he believes he tied the wrong knot. You know. Yeah. And so, like. It's this forever revenge story. Yeah. And they just keep getting each other back and forth. Yeah. And it goes so far that it becomes an obsession and they die. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so under that category, the prestige wins. Yeah. So we got two and a half to zero. Two and a half to zero. <laughs> <laughs> tight race, tight race. And the, the, so this brings us to the final one. What? It's about magicians. <laughs> what? 
There has to, there has to be a magician in the movie for it to be a magic movie. <laughs> there are magicians in both films. Yeah, so both get a point. Okay, so three and a half to one. There we go. Although I'd probably still just give the point to the prestige because the illusionist uh, doesn't really. It's more like he's a wizard, <laughs> right? Like he can really do magic, and he goes and wanders the world and becomes an actual like sorcerer. Uh, less thus than he just does magic tricks. Which is the other thing. That's the thing I like about the way the prestige does it is they show that the magician on stage doing the trick is only one part of the stage magic show. Mm -hmm. And that there's like tons of people backstage pulling levers and and opening trap doors and people designing the tricks and assistants who are hiding in the boxes and doing all of the work, you know, like, so it's like the, they show you what it's really like to be a working magician. Whereas the illusionist is like, he's a sorcerer. And he just sits there on stage by himself with no one backstage helping him. And these spirits start wandering around the stage. Like, to do that trick, he would need people holding lanterns and lights and stuff. And they would be in on it. But apparently there is no one else in on it. <laughs> Which is kind of the, the bullshitty part. So, I give it to the Prestige. Three and a half to zero. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm shocked that we, we got this far. Yeah, I know. It's amazing that the Prestige versus the Illusionist, the Prestige won. Isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, question for you then. Yeah, shoot. In the magic movies, there's always uh, there's a there's a couple things that all also happen that we didn't really talk about. But like people wearing disguises mm-hmm. seems to be a pretty pretty big thread of like dressing up like someone else to go to watch the person's show. Right? Happens in the Prestige. Happens in the Illusionist, where the prince dresses up to go look at it. Happens in Now You See Me, where they disguise themselves as different things to pull off the bank heists. But of the Prestige versus the Illusionist. Which one do you think did the best performance of magic? Did the best performance of magic? Yeah, like the best thing that when you were watching it, it's like, oh, that feels like a magic show. I, I'm, I, it's got to be, it's got to be the Prestige, I think. Um, yeah. At like they're having seen some magic shows, it, it there are things that felt familiar, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 grounded in in that sort of way. And the the characters in the prestige had the same sort of kind of lightheartedness that I I associate with the magicians that I've met, you know? Um, not lightheartedness, but like they're they're it's fun for them, you know. They they enjoy the experience and, and, and there's there's a joy in, you know, making making a ball appear, uh, and, and that sort of stuff. Where whereas the illusionist like I would God, that guy is just depressing and sad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, or a dick. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's fine to have a shtick. Look at look at Penn and Teller, but the the shtick has to be in service of a better performance. And the performance in The Illusionist seems like it was it was just we're gonna have a sad character, so he would do sad magic. Yeah, and and that wouldn't make for a better show. Whereas when Teller Teller doesn't talk, it it creates a better show. Yes, definitely. Uh, and I think I completely agree with you. Uh, now, which which performance in the Prestige is the one that you think is the best one? Oh, that's that's difficult. Like, is it when he's doing like the birdcage and hand trick, or when he's when he when the original one do they do the thing where the girl falls in the water tank or the rings in the bar or the bullet catch in the bar like what's the moment that's like that was the best that was the moment where i was like hey, that felt like a real magic show 
You know, uh, for me, I think I have never seen uh, a, 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 this trick performed, but I this one felt the most uh, real to me would be the canaries. The canaries in the cage when he kills them. Yeah, because and part of it is because it's kind of a smaller trick. You know, something mm-hmm. like the bullet catch. There, there's a grandiosity to it that I would be surprised to see a bullet catch on a stage in Canada. <laughs> in hey, Canada. Penn, Penn and Teller do it now. Do they now? Oh, yeah, actually, they, they don't. Yeah. They don't do it in Canada because they're not allowed to. But yeah. they do it in the states. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's their it's their big finish. But that's the thing. Like, I'd I'd be kind of um, surprised to see it. Same with the the water chamber thing. They they just you know it feels like a the more kind of personal trick that I would get out of a magic show, mm-hmm. in Canada. Mm-hmm. Although the 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 orange tree trick in the Illusionist too, that feels you know there's something kind of romantic about that that I think is is the what I associate with uh, stage magic these days. So mm-hmm. yeah, hmm. cool. Yeah, I was just curious. I was just curious. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. To me, I think it was when he was doing the rings in the bar. Yeah. And everyone was like booing him and they hated it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know that feeling. He's not even doing it very good. Uh, <laughs> cool, man. Uh, anything else to talk about for the Illusion versus the Prestigionist versus the Illusion? I, I just, I know, I know for you and, and Christopher Nolan, like, did you like Inception? Uh, not really. Yeah. I mean, Inception was like a fun action movie in Dreams. <laughs> but that was sort of all it was to me. All the depth of Inception, I thought, was, for for lack of a better term, superficial depth. Like, it wasn't really like, oh, wow, brilliant. Maybe it's all just a dream. Like, nothing about it was, like, like mind-altering or, or brilliant about it. They felt like, the, like the, the village. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, people control people using fear. It's like, of course they do. Like, we, we all get it. We get it. Um, so the illusion, uh, the the Inception didn't really have that feeling for it, but the Prestige was was great. And I guess that kind of gets to my point too, because Interstellar it's very similar, I think, to your your read of in- Inception. Like the the depth is actually pretty shallow. It looks mm-hmm. deep, but but doesn't it doesn't get there. And I I would agree with that in in the sense that I think a lot of the interpretation and reads of Christopher Nolan's movies. As this, you know, oh, is this a deep story about dreams, or is this a deep story about time and and the nature of physics and that sort of stuff? That that's never what he's doing. The problem is the movie always appears to be doing that. Like it, it seems like there's the the layer of the movie that is the movie, and then there's the next layer, which is the 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 meta story about dreams and our experience of them or our experience of physics in this universe or memento uh, a story about memory and that sort of stuff and all of those reads of christopher nolan's movies i think they're accurate to say that that's there but i don't think that's what he's doing i think that that christopher nolan is telling stories about telling stories and mm. and for me, I've always appreciated that about him, because as a as a writer and as a storyteller and as an improviser, I I come across his movies as an exploration of the idea of craft, as opposed to seeing Inception as a story about dreams. I see it as a story about how we craft stories, and and for me, that makes the the experience of the film better. 
in the same way The Prestige does that. It is a story about how we tell stories. And and I think that it's a, a fascinating take on that. And, and really, like, even little things, you're right, like showing that... Um, the, the magicians require these large teams of people to to tell their story. That's Christopher Nolan making a point about the the nature of storytelling, I think, and and how it's not this isolated individualistic craft like they present in The Illusionist. It's something that's built upon many, many people hours of work in order to get to the stage. And I don't know, I, I appreciate that uh, about his work, or or at least... I like being able to read that into his work, whether or not it's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing really to uh, say about your interpretation of Christopher Nolan, except for I never, I, I, I didn't, I don't get there when I watch his movies. No. I sort of see the, the story and oftentimes it's a good story. Uh, it, it's a good enough story. And then the depth of the story is usually feels forced. Whereas with the prestige, that doesn't have that. The prestige actually, the depth of the movie about magic and the illusions and the lies and the deception and all that sort of stuff feels pretty real to me. Yeah, yeah, and and like a and a good interpretation of a magic story. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. So the prestige wins. It does. Illusion is close second. Actually, uh, no. Hugo, 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 close, close second. second. The illusionist, last place. Last place, but you know, the the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was not the illusionist. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what the illusionist did have though. What's that? The illusion of story. Am I right? But um. Ch- <laughs>